Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 209 on being perfect versus being excellent. It's February 10th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and so on. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. There is no longer any music for my podcast intros or outros. Please join the movement and request other podcasters and social media content creators to ditch the music when combined with voice which makes it better and more inclusive for people who have hearing loss or are hard of hearing. End of non-musical intro. On being perfect being versus being excellent. Well, this podcast is a little interesting to me. I'm going to tell a story in a minute, but before I dive in, visit my website, enter my giveaway. As I mentioned in the podcast intro, nothing I say in this podcast or any of my content in any format is designed to be medical or therapy advice. It's just not that. I do have transcripts on my hosting platform, which I am working on improving because they're terrible, but they at least are there and I'll let you know when that gets fixed. If listening to this podcast right now, you are feeling hopeless or suicidal or that life is too hard, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. There is a plethora of help available, so take the help. On being perfect, being excellent, or versus being excellent. Well, I have to tell you, I have a little story to tell you, and I've really kind of have mixed feelings about telling this story, but it's so appropriate on perfectionism or being perfect. So when I was in the fifth grade, and I had a particular teacher, we'll call him Mr. So-and-so, I had a parent-teacher conference with Mr. So-and-so and my mom. So, of course, Mr. So-and-so is saying the things that most of the teachers had said in kindergarten through fourth grade, which is, Lisa's very social, she likes to talk to her classmates, she's very pleasant to have in class. But then he puts in this statement where he said, and Lisa is a perfectionist. I said, what? What is that? What is that? Because as a 10-year-old in fifth grade, I had no idea what a perfectionist was. And he said, well, you like things to be perfect and you like things to be, you know, very, very particular, etc." And I looked at him, I said, no, that's not true. He said, yes, it's true. And I said, well, I don't think so. And he said, let me show you. I'll give you an example. And he gets up and he walks me over to a wall in the classroom where we had done as a project, each student, we had traced, another student had traced the outline of our bodies on these large rolls of craft sheet paper. And then once our body was outlined, we then, each student, filled in the face, the hair, the clothing, etc. And he's pointing to this drawing I had done of myself where I'm wearing this navy blue paisley print skirt done in quite quite a lot of detail. I will I will admit that. 
And I was so mad because when we did that assignment, I had worn a yellow blouse and this paisley print skirt. And when I realized that I was going to have to draw the paisley pink skirt, I wasn't having it. I was so mad because the other girls and guys, they had worn a brown skirt or, a, you know, whatever, a solid color skirt. So their drawings didn't take much time. And I had gone to Mr. So-and-so, as I'm calling him, twice, at least twice, to say, hey, I'd like to change the outfit I wore. And it doesn't really matter. So is that okay? And he said, no. You have to draw what you wore. And, and I, I, of course, I was only 10. So it didn't occur to me to say, Mr. So-and-so, this is grossly unfair. All the other kids are done drawing their their portrait portraits of themselves because they wore a, a navy, solid navy or solid whatever color, skirt, pants, what have you. And I am stuck with this paisley print. I didn't, it, at 10, it didn't occur to me I needed to say that, but, but I probably should have. So here he is using something that I was furious about. I was so mad because the other kids got to go out and have recess and play. And I'm stuck drawing this ridiculous paisley print. If I was a different child, I would have just filled it in all navy blue and never said anything. But there was no integrity in that. And I, I, did, I don't think that way. So it didn't occur to me uh, really forever. Uh, so I did do the Paisley print because despite my repeated requests of him to be able to change my outfit, he said no. And in that moment, as he and I are in front of this portrait I had done, this, this rendering, he looks at me and then it's like he got it. He, he, he recognized, he remembered me coming to him and coming to him and trying to be able to draw something else and he went oh my gosh and then and it was like a complete shift so we went back to the desk to finish the parent-teacher conference and he said we are going to scratch this perfectionism and I'm sorry and I said yeah whatever like I I just was like I was so mad about the whole thing the whole time I was doing the Paisley and uh and so so I was accused one time in my life of being a perfectionist, which was then redacted. And uh, I'm not somebody who wants to be perfect or thinks that it's appropriate because I adopted some religious philosophies at a very, very young age where the only people are who are perfect are the God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, you know, like, but human beings are never going to be perfect. So anyway, that's my little rendition of the only time I was uh, suggested that I was a perfectionist, which is not the case. So let's look at perfectionism versus being excellent. So as a topic, perfectionism is a trait that makes life about having high standards and either the need to appear to be perfect or to try to be perfect. There is a reasonable debate in the field of psychology over the basic definition of perfectionism. That should not surprise you because we have eight conflicting definitions about what is good mental health. So if we can't even agree on what's good mental health, of course, there might be some disagreement about perfectionism. Now, years ago, so I'm just going to give you some high points of, of the research that's relevant, but it looks to me like 30 years ago or more, 
or at least 20 years ago or more, there was pretty much unilateral agreement perfectionism was a bad thing. Now then, in the more recent years, I'd say in the last 20 or so, some researchers have come up to say, well, perfectionists can be adaptive, and then it's not bad. So, but it's been historically, perfectionism, historically in the research, has been either associated with or correlates with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and mental health problems, including anorexia and suicide. So I looked at this research and thought, well, we're, we're, we, we don't like controversy. Is there anything that seems to be some agreement? And interestingly enough, there's a recent study that caught my eye in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology from June 2022. Now, when they have the journal articles in PubMed, I have to tell you this, I'm laughing. They'll have an abbreviation for the journal. And some of the abbreviations, I don't know what they are, so I have to go look them up. But this one, I could not get, I mean, I thought social psychology might be the last two, but I had to go, had to go Google the little abbreviation to try to figure out what it was. And then I'm thinking, oh, I never would have gotten that. So this is from the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, June 22, June 2022. It's from Patrick Gaudreau et al. And this is the title of the research. It's titled, quote, Because Excellentism is More Than Good Enough on the Need to Distinguish the pursuit of excellence from the pursuit of perfection. So perfectionism in this research is described as being stuck with standards that are always too high and then anxiously focusing on them. Now, this other word from the study, I could not find how to pronounce, and it's not listed in the dictionary at this point in time online, which is the word excellent minus the T with a C-I-S-M. So excellentism, excellentism. I mean, I don't know how you pronounce that. It's ridiculous, but that's the word in the study. And excellentism is setting good and achievable goals being engaged with your goals, yet you are also flexible with them. And then you move on to other tasks once you achieve, achieve the goals. So what's interesting about this is that the people who strive for excellence and then stop when they hit their goals outperformed perfectionists. Now, what's interesting in this particular research? So in a previous podcast, I talked about how the research on imposter syndrome had been cut off and died because there was no test for imposter syndrome and it wasn't replicatable, replicatable, there's no model, etc. Well, this is really an important aspect of this research piece because in order to do this research study, they had to have a model which was only developed in roughly in 2019. And the model is called the model of excellentism and perfectionism, abbreviated MEP. So, so you have to have measurable things to do research, which is why imposter syndrome is out. Now, this is so new. This is so brand new. 
you are not going to find many hits in PubMed. And in fact, the, the research piece that I'm quoting from Patrick Godot at all from June 2022 uh, was not in PubMed because the journal doesn't share and I, I don't pay for access on other sites for journals that are not in PubMed. But the last sentence from the abstract, so I could access the abstract online. Here's the last sentence from this study looking at the difference from being a perfectionist versus someone who's striving to be excellent. Quote, overall, the results support the core assumptions of the model of excellentism and perfectionism and show that perfectionism is either unneeded or harmful. End quote. By the way, sorry I'm massacring the word excellentism, but I'm just doing the best I can and laughing about it. So the researchers who rail, rail against perfectionism, though, say it is it makes you vulnerable to unipolar depression, anorexia, and suicide, which you can find uh, Dr. Paul Herbert from the University of British Columbia and his writings on it. So regardless, there are links or associations of perfectionism with psychopathology. Now, psychopathology means mental illness or mental health disorders. So we, the research is clear that there has been a link with perfectionism and psychopathology. So psychopathology is a very broad term, meaning mental illness or mental disorders. So when someone is a perfectionist, it can be very exhausting or demanding for the people who are in their life. So, you know, whether that's family, friends, coworkers, spouses, significant others, it can be very damaging personal relationships if you are a perfectionist. And if you listen to this podcast are perfectionists, well, I'll have some suggestions on what you might want to do about that. If you have someone in your life who is a perfectionist, that's tough. You're, you've probably heard many times you're not good enough or that job wasn't good enough. And that is just a very painful situation. From the research, I, I, aggregated a number of causes for perfectionism, which I think you'll see why perfectionism could be a common phenomenon. I did not see prevalent statistics, so I don't have those, but causes for perfectionism generally could be one, fear of failure, two, feeling unworthy, three, low self-esteem, four, adverse childhood experiences, five, fear of disapproval or judgment. Six, a perfectionist parent. Seven, abuse. Eight, correlating your self-worth to achievements. Nine, trying to regain or gain control in your life. Ten, irrational thinking, in particular, all or nothing or black or white thinking, but not limited to that. Eleven, feelings of shame. Twelve, Fear of making a mistake or getting something wrong. 13, living with a lot of shoulds. 14, trying to hide personal flaws or imperfections. So there's a lot of common experiences in that list of 14 things that can can cause 
perfectionism. Now, they don't have to cause perfectionism, but those are some of the causes that I could aggregate from different pieces of research. So the question becomes, can you ever be perfect? Is it possible to be perfect as a human being? Personally, I don't I don't think so. I don't I don't think that's possible, but you can strive for it if that's what makes you happy. So even though the research is now conflicted, it wasn't so conflicted 30 or 20 or 30 years ago. It's it is associated perfectionism is associated with psychopathology and mental health issues. For that reason, I am suggesting you move towards being excellent and ditch the notion of trying to be perfect based on the research. When there's a link between a certain trait like perfectionism and psychopathology or mental illnesses or mental disorders, that's a serious something that's that's something you should sit up and take notice of, in my humble opinion. Because if we look at the recent research on excellence, that seems like a more reasonable, doable thing, not associated with what we know of some of the links and, and correlations with perfectionism. So the excellence is a noun, as a noun, is the quality of being outstanding or extremely good. My language for it would be doing your best. Just doing your best work. Now, I'd love for you in this podcast and all my podcasts for you to move towards being authentic. When you're being authentic, you have the freedom to make mistakes, to get it wrong, to be yourself, to not have to pretend. It's like very amazing. It's very amazing. There's a lot of freedom in being authentic. If you're trying to be perfect, I don't feel or believe that that falls under authenticity. And I understand, I have great compassion, by the way, for people who end up having, either being a perfectionist or having a high bend or slant towards perfectionism. I, I have great compassion for that. And if you listening to this podcast, either know that you are a perfectionist or you've been a perfectionist, or you have a strong inclination towards perfectionism, I would request that you simply give yourself a huge dose of compassion, like take a bath in compassion, because it is almost a hundred percent predictable that if you're a perfectionist or you have a strong inclination towards perfectionism, that that got put together in either your childhood or early adult life or as a result of external influences on you. That's what's probably happened. So you should give yourself a break, in my humble opinion, and be nice to yourself. You could say, wow, yeah, I've been trying my whole life to be good enough. I've been trying my whole life to be perfect. I've been trying my whole life to please, you know, you could you could just say, yeah, now it's time for me to have a break. I, I am going to give you some suggestions if this applies to you to help you move away from being a perfectionist or perfectionism 
towards excellence or anything that's not trying to be perfect because I'm just, I'm just not a fan of that. I'm just not a fan of that. And at the same time, I think it's, I think it's probably reasonably common. I don't know how common it is. Like many things, we don't have some statistics on things I would love to have a, a prevalent statistic on. So here's my suggestions for you. If you are inclined to be a perfectionist, you have those tendencies or you are. Number one, it's time for healing and loving yourself. Adopt a growth mindset and put yourself on a new journey. You have to be exhausted. You have to be tired. I can't think of anything. Well, there are very few things I could think of that would be more tiring or exhausting than trying to be perfect. I, I think it must be horribly exhausting. So it's time for healing for you, loving yourself, and putting yourself on a new path. And if you're not interested, you can remain a perfectionist or have perfectionist tendencies for the rest of your life. That's completely up to you. I'm not going to sit in judgment if that's the way you live life and you're happy with it. Good. As long as you're happy, healthy, and well-loved, that's really what I care about. So number two, learn emotional processing skills. This will help you deal with life in a more adult manner, facing fears, facing shame, being able to cop to mistakes, being able to feel pain. This will put your life in a different category when you start building skills to process and manage your emotions. If you're new to my content, I have a free emotional processing workbook on my website. You do not have to register. It's right below the Newsweek logo. We're on version 6.0 at this point. Take it, read it. I've been the feedback thus far since last year is it's direct, it's easy to use, it's straightforward. If you have something else to say about it, let me know. But and it may sound like it may put you to sleep or it may sound like gibberish. If it sounds like gibberish or puts you to sleep, that just simply means this is a new frontier for you. This means this is a new frontier for you and don't give up. Read it for a few minutes. Put it aside, go back a day or two or three later, spend five or 10 minutes, keep going. Your brain will expand with neuroplasticity. Your brain can expand and take in the content, I'm telling you. Number three, self-care. Where you are about self-care, I have no idea. But self-care is one of the foundations for being healthy, in my humble opinion. It means a lot of things. It's not just take a shower, do your grooming, although that's part of it. There's a lot of different aspects to caring for yourself, which I talk about in my podcast on self-care and self-compassion, which number four is self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. Be nice to yourself. It really does break my heart how mean some people are to themselves. And you can hear it in their speaking sometimes. So it's time for self-compassion for you. Number five, it would help you make progress if you were willing to tell one or more trusted people in your inner circle that you are working on this area of your life. 
I note I said trusted people. Not everybody in your circle, in your tribe, in your posse has your best interest at heart. But if you tell someone who you feel confident you can trust and has your back, then they can try to support you in a loving and kind manner. Not their arrogant, righteous, judgmental, and know-it-all. I probably would not tell them. But anyway, that's suggestion number five. Suggestion number six is you should be on some level a little prepared for some potential anger or resentment or potential backlash. Because if you've been living life either being a perfectionist or having high perfectionism tendencies, you have most likely, very predictably, been hard on some people in your life. You may have unknowingly made people in your life feel like they were never good enough, nothing they ever did was good enough, and they might have felt very criticized by you and very judged and condemned by you which would normally or typically result in them having some anger, resentment, and many other, many other difficult emotions. That would be reasonable on their end. What I'm saying to you on your end is that you be prepared for this because this is the impact of perfectionism or being a perfectionist or having perfectionism tendencies on other people. It frequently leaves people feeling like no matter what I do, it's never going to be right. It's never going to be good enough for her or for him. And that's painful. That is extremely painful to feel like I did my best job and it's never good enough. And if you're a parent and you've been this way with your child and maybe they're not a child anymore, maybe they're an adult, you will have some, in my humble opinion, likely, it's likely you will have some serious cleanup work to do. So be prepared for that and do it. You would be very, do very well to validate the feelings of the people in your life, in your circle. If you've been a perfectionist or tendency, have a perfectionism tendencies, I wouldn't suggest you invalidate their feelings because their fe people's feelings are valid. Whether you agree with them or not, they're, they're valid. <laughs> All right, so part of this is growth and development. Growth and development involves sometimes looking at the impact of our behavior on others and taking responsibility, which is why I highly recommend we have the new terminology growth mindset from Carol Dweck's research. Adopt a growth mindset and be prepared if you're going to move away from this. And I do hope you will move away from it because I don't think it's good to have anything that correlates with psychopathology. Number seven, rational thinking is a must. This could be uh, the underpinnings of perfectionism for some of you or perfectionist tendencies. I talk about rational thinking in the Emotional Processing Workbook and in many other podcasts. Eight, Make signs and use affirmations to take advantage of neuroplasticity. While there are people who say affirmations are bunk, we know from the research, the scientific research, that neuroplasticity is a valid research concept and you can 
rewire or reprogram your brain. So you might want to put up signs that say, my best is good enough. I am good enough. I am worthy. I am deserving. Or nothing has to be perfect or whatever. But a visual sign and affirmations will help you to rewire your brain. Number nine, focus on love, affection, and happiness. I don't know where love, affection, and happiness are for you right now, but these three things, love and affection, which could be platonic or romantic or both or a mix, uh, and happiness will go a long way for your healing and for your well-being. And I have many podcasts that will help you on the topic of love and affection, love and happiness. Number 10, I strongly recommend that you listen to my podcast on the power of your mind. This whole trait of perfectionism or trying to be perfect is happening in your mind with thoughts Thoughts, we learned from the research in the last month or so, thoughts precede emotion. So you have some thoughts that generate emotions. If you, in my humble opinion, understood the power of your mind, you, in my humble opinion, would be more likely to get on the road to a growth mindset and learn some new things. Because I believe if you understood the power of your mind and what your brain does with some of your imagery or perceptions, you might want to go, hmm, yes, I think I'd like to take advantage of the good things and use my mind to the maximum. That's just my, my thought process about it. Number 11, learn to control your mind. I do have a podcast about learning to control your mind. That has been done since the beginning of mankind, people. We may not be talking about it in 2024, but it is a possibility for you. You can learn to do that. And that makes life very rich and very amazing, I I promise you. And I have lots of content that will help you with that. Number 12, be mindful and be present. Being mindful and being present, I have a podcast about that, is a great tool for life. And and it's very life-changing. And it will help you with learning to control your mind. It will help you with taking advantage of the power of your mind. There are many, many things you as a human being can do to move away from trying to be perfect and strive instead instead for being excellent. You're welcome to keep perfectionism. You're welcome to keep at that. I really, it's your life. It's completely your life. But I I hope you can consider that there may be a more empowering way to live life than constantly trying to be perfect. And it's, it's your choice. I hope this has been helpful. I certainly hope you're going to move towards being excellent. But you do what you do. I love you. That's it for now. 
I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 209 on being perfect versus being excellent. I hope you will move away from being perfect towards being excellent. Definitely share this podcast with any perfectionist you know. They might like it, they might not like it, but it would be helpful. I do love you. Hang in there for now.